I, um, 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 I went on a vacation this week. I took a day off uh, from everything. And I did it in part because a friend of mine had died and had received word that he died uh, early that morning. And so I felt terrible and sort of uh, disconsolate, but I'd already made these plans to meet people. And it was a great undertaking because I and the aforementioned book Destroying Girlfriend were going <laughs> to Spa Castle. And Spa Castle is one of the most amazing places that exists. Uh, and uh, for a number of reasons. First and foremost, the fact that it is a spa and a castle. That the two <laughs> things are interwoven until one cannot be told from another. In fact, from its verdant pools where the bubbles run so powerfully that they will polish your genitals right off your body. <laughs> you can see a balcony where the king of spa castles sometimes comes out and addresses his subjects. He stands upon the balcony and says, subjects, and we, uh, we his loyal subjects, look up upon him with amazement. Spa castle is at a secret location in Queens. It is secret because it will take most of your natural life to get there. It is the furthest point from any rational fucking way you might get there. It is somewhere near LaGuardia Airport, but it is somehow more difficult to get to than the airport possibly could be. It takes fucking forever. We borrowed my friend Meg's car for this undertaking, and that's how I knew we were fucked to start with. Because in New York, when you borrow the car, it's always the beginning of a great tragedy. Like every under, it always seems like such a good idea. And I remember vividly when we had gotten rid of the car last time, which was a little bit like the end of the last movie, after all these horrible things had happened, we said, we should just bury this car in the East River. And we're like, no, we'll park it. And in fact, Meg, Meg had said, I wish you had buried the car in the East River. Because the, all the car does is she moves it around the neighborhood and it accumulates tickets. Like she's hoping the car will die. The car wants to die. It's this huge piece of Detroit steel. It's like driving a giant metal steel girder down the BQE. And that is what my girlfriend is doing. She's driving down the BQE and she is cursing. She's cursing. She's really an exquisite, an exquisite. It's like she's it's as though she is the daughter of a sailor. And she is, in fact, the daughter of a sailor, a man who goes to sea for vast periods of time. But I have met that man and he is very peaceful. He's very sweet and peaceful. He has taken all of his rage and put it into his daughter. <laughs> and, when, and when she drives us, to, and I knew right away, because I had sworn that I would start driving because she's a very sweet, wonderful, lovely person, very, very giving to a fault and I don't like driving I don't like it very much and so uh, she had detected this and like and so she would often offer up to drive and she likes driving up to a point and then when that point is crossed you can tell it starts with a kind of murmuring she just starts muttering and murmuring you know, fucking motherfucking motherfucking you can't tell what it is but it's very bad because it's burbling up from some low, low place, up, up, up through the exhaust. 
and you just sit beside her. And if you're me, you start experiencing some intense fucking PTSD. Because this is exactly what my mother would do all the time when she was driving places. And you know, when, when, you're, when your girlfriends start to channel your mother's behavior, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. It really makes you question a lot of things. I found myself looking out the window. I just thought, if only I had died this morning. If only I, because when she unleashes, this car, and legitimately, I say unto you, the car did cut her off. The car was poorly behaved, but oh my God, the withering anger. She looks at the car, she slams on the horn, she says, you fucking cunt, fuck yourself and you fucking cunt. I hope you abort yourself, bitch. And I was like, I could feel like, it's like almost like a dermabrasion therapy that you can get at Spa Castle. All the wrinkles. On the left side of my face have been shaved off. It's just like a smooth surface now. We find our way past the terminal sideways B and the Long Island Parkway and the third exit that looks like it's on the right, but then it's the left and the mapping things just start interpreting themselves in Turkish. And then you, you finally get there or near there and we're at the... Um, we're at the McDonald's that is also a Starbucks because, you know, this is the suburbs, motherfucker. And so they do shit like that in the suburbs. They hybridize, like, all of a sudden, just like a McDonald's and a Starbucks got together and fucked each other and now they're connected. It's just one fucking building. Starbucks to Donald's. It's all in one place. And we're like, this is fantastic because we haven't eaten, which is part of why this is all going so poorly. And so we have that, we have that couple stop where you re- you like you get the food, you bring the food together, and we are both two professionally large people. And we sit with our food and look at each other and we're like, are we gonna try to make this work? And on one level, we're talking about the trip to Spa Castle, but on another level, we're talking about the rest of our fucking lives. You know, like we're really like, cause this was a lot. This was really fucking bad. This was not good, man. My whole, I don't even know if this is coming back, this whole side of my face, I have no idea. And I know there are things I'll do that must be just as bad, just as terrible. I haven't done them yet, but I will in time. That's the horrible thing about being old. I'm old. I've seen it all before. I've seen relationships rise, and I've seen them crumble. Like, I've seen the whole fucking thing. So whatever she's dished out today on the way to Spa Castle, I'm sure it seems terrible, but I'm sure I'll do something twice as terrible next week. That's, that's what being in a relationship is. It's a license for two people to do fucked up shit to each other. Like that's, that's what it is. It's, it's, a way, it's a way we give our misery to each other because we're just so excited to have different misery. Look, I'm fucked up this way. Oh, I'm fucked up this way. Yours is slightly different than mine, but sort of compatible. Let's trade it. Let's trade our misery with each other. And this is what gives us pleasure. And we drink our coffees and we, we eat our Egg McMuffin sandwiches and I give thanks and I think this relationship might work out. It might work out because unlike my marriage, now McDonald's serves breakfast all day long. It's a different time. Things could be different. We've evolved a little bit. We get to Spa Castle. We we put the car in the, uh, we put the car with the valet, which is not, <laughs> they call it a valet, but you drive into a parking garage and some guy takes your keys and you never see them again. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really a valet. The day we go to Spock Castle last week, the people who run Spock Castle 
are all indicted. As in indicted where you end up in jail on evasion of tax charges. Like that's the kind of place Spa Castle is. Spa Castle is a mystical, mythical place people will help point out to you. In fact, I'll help. The places where they have read in the New York Post that bodies were found. Uh, there's one in one of the upper pools. It's one of my favorite pools, right at the base of the stairs. And everyone always talks about the idea that if you're there at 6 a.m. when Spa Castle opens, all the strippers get off all their jobs all over New York and they all go to Spa Castle. But we are never there at 6 a.m. <laughs> we're there in the middle of the day and we're strapping in for like an eight, nine hour Spa Castle experience, which I have to make you understand, this is, this is a Korean spa. The jets are so very powerful. The water is so very hot that it is quite possible we will die. And in fact, after dying, we will not even know that we will have died. They will only be able to tell that we have died because of the soup we will make from our bones as all the parts of a slaw off. In, and it seems like the way, it's so pleasant after the long winter we've had and the misery of it, it seems like a good way to go. It seems, and it takes you most of your natural life to get there. You're like, it might as well. We might as well die here. We might as well die. My friend um, Rob, who died, who I found out had died that day, Rob had died. Uh, in a similar way, having your skin slaw off at a, a spa castle, he had had an infection from a cut, and the cut had gotten worse and worse, and then it had turned into a bone infection, and then the bone itself had dissolved. I know this is true through the power of Facebook, because he put up an x-ray of his dissolved bone, and he was in Tokyo in a hospital, and he was put up pictures of the foods he was eating, and how funny it was that they kept bringing him fish over and over again. They wanted to amputate his foot. They wanted to amputate his foot, and he consulted with his family, and he did not get his foot amputated, but they thought about it, and they consulted, and they tried, and the family rushed to him, and his heart failed. And his heart failed, and he died. And the last post is the same kind of post you often get with Facebook. And I often wonder, how was this one done? Perhaps it is from his very own phone, where he would still be logged into Facebook. It was, of course, the last post is always the post of the person themselves. Their family has taken the phone from their dead hand and tapped it in. And so Rob himself, through those who have survived him, posts about himself in the third person telling you that Rob has died. I think that's how many of us will go. I think that's how it will end for many of us. Not necessarily in Tokyo eating too much fish there at the end as we wait to see if we'll be medically evacuated back to the States. But that perhaps we ourselves will narrate our own end. After all, we do it so much other ways, don't we? I mean, that's why we have Instagram, isn't it? I myself am an avid Instagrammer. I take pictures of things in my life, little objects, weird shit, and I post it up, and I'm not sure ever what it is that I'm actually trying to do, what kind of audience I'm trying to cultivate, what kind of lifestyle I'm trying to transmit, other than I am a person who does not know how to take pictures of normal shit. I take pictures of weird, little, strange, interesting things that I see around me, but I actually see millions of things around me, and I take pictures of almost none of them. Or when I do, I take them only for myself. I only give you the weird, twee, odd, funny ones where I can come up with a caption to go with it. Just kind of like how we construct our lives. Like if we can come up with a story that goes with the thing, then we add those things together and it becomes um, an experience. It becomes something we can share. All of the things that we cannot categorize, which I would submit to you is most of the fucking day, we uh, don't do anything with those things. And as a consequence, they drift away. 
they go down the drain. They funnel away like that water will from every corpse at Spa Castle, the way that every day it gets recycled and then it resurfaces each and every time. In the saunas at Spa Castle, there's a jade sauna and a gold sauna. There is a salt sauna and an ice sauna. And there is a clay room, big yellow chunks of loess clay, and it's incredibly hot, 185 degrees. And you sit in there and you can feel all of your insides baking, baking right out of you. I love that feeling. I love it because it feels like I'm dying. Like I enjoy that feeling. I just feel like I'm boiling up out of me. I'm becoming a precipitate. I'll be left as a stain on this seat where I have been sitting. And we do as good as our word. We spend hours and hours in Spa Castle, all the hours, and we make ourselves down until at the end of our time, uh, we spend time in the, what we always call the naked part. The naked part is the part where you're naked. You know, because most of it's a co-ed experience, but both the men's and women's rooms have a section where you can have all of your clothes off, be completely free, and in that part they have their own pools, uh, uh, an ice dunking pool, a series of hot pools, hot and saunas, dry saunas, and I go into that section, I'm sitting in the steam room, surrounded by men, and um, I, I don't always have that experience very much because I feel very uncomfortable with men. Um, I think because uh, when they're naked, they all have uh, schlongs, and I find that intimidating. I find their penises intimidating, like I just do, like the way that they hang and the way that they're, they seem very pendulous. Uh, I am a, I am a, I'm a retractor, you know, like a little bit like a turtle, perhaps, you know, like, like I'm not necessarily ashamed of what happens when I am like, in full flower, but I'm just saying most of the time, you wouldn't know, if you were assessing by looking, you'd be like, well, that's a little like, hello, hello, hi. And if I'm at a sauna and I'm feeling a little like, I don't know, I'm not feeling very sexual, because I'm very, and I'm very, hello. Whereas these people, uh, you know, it's out all, the, it's just out. It's just like, hello, hey, what's up? They're just all over the place. And so I always, from an early age, was very intimidated by this. Um, but I've learned as I've gotten older to accept it. And I sit in that hot sauna, in that hot, wet, steamy sauna. And I'm sitting in there, and there are two men right next to me. They're right next to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of half-facing them. And I'm zoning out as one does in a sauna surrounded by other naked men. And then I notice that they're adjusting themselves. And I actually think this. I actually think, like, boy, that guy's adjusting himself a lot. If he's not careful, people will think that he's masturbating in the sauna. And then a moment later, I think, oh my god, he's masturbating in the sauna! And so that's just one, it's two, it's two men are sitting next to each other, and they're not looking at each other. They're both kind of looking forward, they're, they're like making a point of not looking at each other, and they're jerking off in the sauna. And I, I give them all, I'm like, is it a jerk out? I think they're jerking off, are they, are they jerking off? And I'm like watching them jerk off, and then I see them, I see them get harder, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm part of the scene. Like, I am watching, and I start to notice that more and more of the people in the sauna, like, people are coming into the sauna, they're like sitting down, they're checking out the scene, they're like, oh, and then they get back up, and they leave the sauna. So it's sort of like a culling process, like, anyone who's not into this is getting the fuck out, anyone who is into this is staying right the fuck here. So before long, it's just me and these two guys. Because I'm really into this, like, this is amazing. Because they're totally jerking off in front of me. And how often does that happen? <laughs> and in my life, uh, 
not never, but not that often, and never in a sauna, and never with, never in this context. It's like kind of exciting. Like I've always felt like I have a tremendous amount of straight privilege, you know, because I look pretty pretty straight. I guess I radiate, you know, straightitude. But you know, if you actually indexed my sexual proclivities, it would just be like it would be like you couldn't use the 1040. You'd have to get like a really long form. It'd be like, well, sit down and I'll tell you a long story. So we're not going to get into that here. But suffice it to say. You know, I, I know what a cock is, whatever. And I'm just like, I just like really, I'm just like amazed by the energy of the two sitting next to them. And then, so I'm kind of watching that. And then I look up at them and then they're like looking over at me. And so I look over at them. And so I, I just look in their eyes. It's like a scene from some sort of crazy French film that I don't actually like uh, French films very often because nothing fucking happens. And that's what happens here. Nothing happens because it's just jerking off and looking into eyes and jerking off and there are no camera cuts because it's real life. And I'm looking in their eyes and they're jerking off and they're kind of grasping and tweet. And one of them's got a technique where he kind of corkscrews around his penis and the other one's kind of shuffling back and forth. And I'm like, should I stroke my penis? Because this is getting kind of hot. Like I can jerk off too, you know, but I, I don't know. I, I'm like, I don't know if I can get there and I don't want to like hold people up. I have a lot of anxiety about being behind it. I don't want to inconvenience you with my orgasm. This is a big thing for me. And so I just like don't want, so I just kind of like sit there and I kind of like rub my legs suggestively and just look at them. And it's so satisfying, the male orgasm, isn't it? Because they just, they come, you know? They're like, fwah, 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 you know? Like a little web shooter. They just, they just, ah! It's so quick though, you know, there isn't a chain of them, it isn't a long, you know, it isn't like, it's like hills and crests and valleys and you're exploring the Alps and how far could you get, none of that. It's like, ha ha ha! You know, the little, the little death, I think that's why we called it that, we the, the French, you know, who invented this form of film where we sit in the sauna and stare at each other's eyes. And so they finish their business. And then I'm like, do I leave first? Do they leave first? Do I leave? What's the, do I say like, good job. Nice job, gentlemen. <laughs> you came prodigiously and there was a great amount of semen that is now in the, I know, I'm like, don't say any of that. Don't, don't say any of that. Say nothing. So I, I say nothing and, uh, and then I do end up getting up first. I get up first and I walk to the door and I look back at them. They're both looking at me and I, I nod. And I still don't know what my nod meant, but I looked just like, here's what it looked like. This is what it looked like as I was leaving the sun. I nodded like this. <laughs> I left the sauna. I got in the shower. I'm showering myself off, and I'm thinking about Rob. Rob, who I knew as a kid when I was doing sketch comedy, Rod, who was big and awkward and gangly. Rob, who is now dead. Rob, who found himself at Burning Man. Rob who eventually, by the time he was teaching over there in Japan, came out as bisexual. And I was always really kind of like proud of him for that because I always kind of knew there was something. I didn't know how it was constructed, but I remember all these late night conversations I would have with him. And you'd be like kind of thinking like, there's something going on, but I don't know quite what it is. And I was always so happy to see that in that Facebook way, you know, like where you, you post something, you really grab hold of it. It's hard as a man to actually assert something like that. There isn't space for something like that, I feel like, at least in my own life. I mean, I'm telling it to you right now about me, and I don't even know how to describe it. At least he found like a label or something. And I don't even know if there is a label. Maybe, maybe it means nothing. Maybe I just enjoy the sight of two men jerking off in a wet sauna. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it means. 
I just know that I miss my friend. And I stood there under the water. And as Spock has to control uh, the, the lever and make it as hot as you want. And they have a safety button. But you can override it and make it really hot. And I just stood there the rest of the time. I ran it all the way up as hot as it would go. And it would burn and steam down on me. And then I would pull it back down as cold as it would go. And I could see the steam rising off of me. And I kept moving it backward and forward and backward until my time was up. Thank you.